when looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Looking for good ideas for life, you are far from good hands. If you think the listener is always right, you are far from the right place. Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, a rebel by choice. If you want a host that floats between love and madness, then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. What up? Excuse me while I whip this out. Oh, gnarly! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. And good evening, friends! I'll tell you what's up. Based out of Atlantic City, New Jersey, Geek Time Entertainment runs exclusively along with different events in the area to strategize with their partners who will benefit with increased exposure and patron traffic. Geek Time Entertainment will work with your event in increasing the event's traffic via social media, radio, and storefront advertisements. Holy cow! Also, they will help increase business for your company and event with different sales incentives. Duh. Whether your event will be small or even mid-scale, Geek Time Entertainment is the group to work with. That's what I'm talking about. Contact them today at geektimeentertainment at gmail.com or facebook.com backslash geektimeentertainment. Oh my god, who the hell cares? This is Colt Toom, son of Rowdy Rowdy Piper, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. Everybody wants to be like Roddy Piper. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. Roddy Piper didn't give me a chance to do nothing. You do not throw rocks at a man who's got a machine gun! Mama don't like tattletales. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Am I making fun of you? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. One word, and it's also the fitting title of the book. These two had written Rowdy, the Rowdy Piper story. Right now on the line, we have his daughter, Ariel Toombs, and his son, Colt Toombs. Folks, how are we doing today over in the West Coast? Fantastic. And it's actually nice 
because uh, listeners know we had a little phone snafu last week when we tried to do this. But That's correct. hopefully this will yes. So hopefully this sounds a little better. So first, it already foremost, sounds better than us. So it should work out here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's for sure. First question would be, you know, when and how did you guys get involved in uh, finishing your father's book that he had started? Well, Take it away, sis. <laughs> <laughs> he had um, he had begun the book obviously before he passed, and unfortunately he got called away from work before he was able to um, really get into the writing. He had just done a lot of the research. So about three months after he passed, the guy that he was working with, uh, Craig Payette, contacted me and was like, hey, you know, we have all this material. Are you guys interested in finishing the book? Um, and it was just sort of a natural fit to bring Colton in since he has uh, so much, so many relationships and stuff in the wrestling side of his life. And I lived in L.A. with him for so long. So that's kind of how we got into it. Well, Colt, let me throw this out. Uh, well, I could throw this question out for uh, both of you, but obviously, as Ariel had said, uh, you were involved more the wrestling side and the appearance side and all that kind of stuff in recent years. But uh, when did would you say uh, your father had exposed, or did you realize that dad was more than just dad to many other people in the public eye? Well, you know, it's a it's an interesting question because we grew up the entire time with Dad being this superstar and everybody knowing him, and we, to us it was just normal. Uh, we didn't realize it was something different for the longest time because most kids don't have, you know, their parents getting autographs, and most kids kids, kids can uh, go out to restaurants and go out to movies, and we couldn't do that stuff because if we went out anywhere in public, we would get bombarded, and uh, any family event we tried to do would turn into this, you know, circus of autographs and pictures, and we'd end up having to leave. So we grew up that way, so it was really hard to realize um, when you're younger that your dad is such a star. But for me, it would have to be the backlot brawl because I attended that one as a very, very young lad. And uh, I actually got to go out in the ring afterwards with dad and see how the crowd really, really loved him and see this, you know, stadium full of people that is just cheering over your father. And that's the first time I really realized how big of a star and how different our lives were. And then you kind of – as you get older, you obviously can uh, decipher it and realize it, but it's a de- very different lifestyle growing up that way, and you don't realize it for the longest time because you were born into it. Uh, but I have to say the backlot brawl would be the time when I first realized that uh, Dad was a superhero. He wasn't just your average dad. How about you, for for you, Ariel? Uh, when did you yeah. uh, say you include in the, wow, Dad's uh-huh. different than the other dad, dads at school there? <laughs> well, for me, you know, I didn't go to the back lot for all of it, obviously, but, you know, I, I knew it was a little different. Like, I knew that my friends' parents weren't, you know, getting bombarded and stuff like that when we went out. But I don't think it really kind of set in until I was maybe 15, and that's when I started traveling with him more. And we were in Vegas and in the airport, and I don't know if it was a team or what, but there was tons and tons of men, like, just all, like, in the crowd at the airport and they all just sort of swarmed him and we got separated from dad which uh, he absolutely loves it when you separate <laughs> from children by the way <laughs> so he, that freaked him out and that was the first time like it, it got very chaotic and you know we all got separated and and everyone and there was a lot of uh noise and you know hooting and hollering and stuff so that was the first time that i was like this isn't normal people don't normally do this 
one good thing about it, though, when you have him as a well, when you're a kid and have him as your father, is you always win the my dad can beat up your dad game. We'd always win no matter what. <laughs> but and you know the few experiences of that I had dealing with your father directly, I would assume, and of course it's later on in life here uh, that I'm assuming that he raised Colt to be more of a gentleman. But obviously, having three girls himself was very protective or overprotective, depending on how you look at it, of his three daughters. Would you guys agree with that? Yes. I think that one of the things that I think he was always torn between, because he was a very old-fashioned person, and we did get raised in sort of a patriarchal family. But at the same time, so he was very protective of us girls, and he was much more um, about, you know, throwing Colt to the wolves and seeing if he becomes a man or what. <laughs> like Colt was like a sacrificial lamb in our house. But at the same time, while he was protective of us girls, he also wanted us to grow up in a weird way to be men in the sense that, not like, uh, you know, play football and don't wear makeup, but in the sense of, like, he didn't want us to be second class or or feel like we couldn't accomplish everything like he always wanted us to get out there and you know do well in business and travel and sort of live more his life exactly so he was sort of torn between the yeah and go ahead i'm sorry no well all i was going to say was uh he grew up in the where, you know, women weren't as in the time when women didn't do quite the things that men did. So he grew up seeing that and having three daughters, he really wanted them to be independent and be able to take care of them, themselves and not have to depend on a man, which was, in the, you know, the era not being offensive in any, by any means. But the era that he grew up, that's the way it was. And he wanted, he was a big feminist and he always said it because he had yeah. three daughters and he always wanted them to be completely self-sufficient. And no matter if uh, they needed to, you know, do a business uh, deal or defend themselves, he wanted them to be able to do it to the quality of, you know, what you back then a man could do. And so he took a lot of pride and put them in martial arts at the same age I was. We all started very, very young in yeah. training and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I was telling uh, you guys previously one story that I had heard that your father was telling me directly. And I know we put it in his first book and all, but it was quite hilarious that your your father – as most people know, was quite fearless. However, the <laughs> one person that could put the fear of God in your father was your mother. And, poisonous and what he That's said with the story, what he was saying with the story was that, you know, back in the territorial wrestling days, down in the Carolinas, a couple of fans found out where he lived and Roddy, da da da, you know, coming to start the shit. And sure enough, dad goes chasing them out. Guns blazing, maybe, I don't know. Can, can it, everything settles down. Your dad happens to trip on his, with his pants falling and such and whatnot. And uh, your mom is standing in the doorway of the apartment and says, Roderick, are you done? And happens to be holding your older sister, who was a baby at the time, and got woken up with all the commotion. And he said, yes, yeah. it was one of those, yes, dear, I'm done, pulls his pants up and comes back into the house. And that was a normal thing. I mean, dad, I mean, you, what other family has their dad running down the street with his pants around his ankles, a pistol in his hand, yelling at somebody? That was a normal thing for us. I mean, dad, oh, he was the number one heel, and he always was getting attacked, and we always had to defend ourselves and be, you know, always uh, – 
on edge because of that. And so, you know, back then, especially when dad was a younger man, he was definitely uh, a firecracker and he would uh, do anything pretty quickly to protect, protect his family. And maybe took it overboard a few times. Yeah, and at the same time, I really do think that he would have been in jail or dead a long, long time ago had my mom not been in his life. Absolutely. My mom did a great job uh, reining him in when he needed to be reined in and taking care of him. <laughs> yeah, because he said, and that wasn't the only story he said, but in a, and when, during our chat he said, whenever Kitty used Roderick, I knew she meant business, so. <laughs> yep. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so the book's been out for a couple of weeks at this point and whatnot, but what has the response been for you guys that you've dealt with, whether in the media or people you've seen maybe at book signings or just out in public in general? You know, I've gotten a lot of very positive response, and I think what it is is obviously there's a lot of heart that we put into the book being his children and dealing with him just dying as we started it. So, you know, I think people really do get a good sense of that, and we tried our best to, you know, just tell the truth and tell the fun stories that were dad and some sad stories. And, you know, I think it, I think it translated well because I've been hearing, you know, that people are really loving it. So, you know, I hope that, that I hope that that continues. What about you? And I, I've had the exact same uh, response. And this book, like Ariel was saying, is completely made from love. There was no, this wasn't like a project of ours to. Uh, become famous or make tons of money or things like that. We did it to carry on our father's work, and this book was completely done out of our hearts and for love. So if you know the, you can't get a bad response. And something is so pure, and uh, it's just so from the bottom of our hearts and about our father that we wanted to honor him with this. And so I've gotten a lot of great responses too. Well, final question for both of you. I'll throw this out there. I'm sure it's two different angles. Maybe it's the same. I don't know, but. What would be the biggest thing that you guys had learned in either your father's research or your own in finishing the project? Ooh, the biggest thing I've learned. Um, okay, so for me, you know, there was – I learned a lot of – it sort of filled in holes for me. There's a lot of his childhood. And years um, – you know, we talk about in the book, there's this chapter called The Jesus Years. And that was like a whole decade that, like, he didn't even really remember, you know. Like, no one really knew what would hap happen to him during that period. So, for me, it really filled in a lot of the holes and a lot of the questions I had about him and sort of explained to me why he was the kind of dad he was or why he reacted to certain things certain ways. Um, yeah, I don't, there's, there's a lot that you can read earlier on in the book, but for me, it filled in the gap. And, well, for me, the biggest thing writing this book was learning how to spell. I didn't realize how illiterate I was. Uh, that, that's pretty much, no. Uh, for me, very, very. I'm not scholastically awesome, so this is hard. Uh, but uh, what I learned about Dad, it, it's kind of similar to Ariel. Um, I always knew my father was this incredible man and overcome so much. And I've always used his life lessons as lessons of my own and tried to learn and grow from them. And reading this book or writing this book and then going back and actually reading the whole thing, I find it motivating because there's so much more I didn't know about this my father. And uh, there's new stories and new things I'm learning about him that are literally they relight a fire in you and you get this new motivation. And that's what I'm hoping the fans get from it too. Well, this book shows uh, that we have a person coming from literally nothing and working hard and working for everything they've gained. Uh, that's what my father did. He worked for everything, and he came from nothing. And that's what I learned about my father. I knew it was, he had a hard road, but I didn't know how hard. And going back and even rereading this, even I get well, motivated, the and then we oh, wrote sorry. the darn thing. No, go ahead. You're fine. No, no, no. I was, gonna, I was cutting you off, so go ahead and finish. I'm oh, sorry. No. 
No problem. Well, basically, basically I, this book is so motivating, and this should help everybody, uh, no matter if they're in hard times or anything, know that there are people that can go through no matter what they're going through, no matter what hardship, and you can accomplish whatever you're looking for. And that's the biggest thing I've learned, and that's pretty and, cool because it's very rare you get a life lesson from your father after they passed away, and that's what this is for me. And I just want to add on top of that, I think that Dad, if he, I think what he would want the fans to get out of this book was, would be that, that he would want them to be inspired because he overcame so many obstacles in his life, just as Roderick George Toombs, and a lot of them are in the book. And I think that he would want his fans to kind of be inspired to get over whatever they're doing, dealing with in their lives. You know, he was always very, very proud of his fans and very happy to have them. And I think that that's what he would want them to get. Well, the book is Roddy, the Rowdy Roddy Piper story. It tells the real-life story about Mr. Toombs himself, Roger George Toombs, as Ariel had just said. But it also talks about everybody's work experiences and family experiences. And the book's pretty in-depth and nice, thick book. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you. Without you guys, we are literally nothing. So I really appreciate you taking the time for us, sir. Thank you. With over 30 years of experience and a superb reputation for being a detail-oriented company, Lacey Cleaning has some of the highest work standards in the cleaning business. That's the fact, Jack! Whether it's carpet cleaning, tile, grout cleaning, new construction cleanup, rental turnovers, vent and duct cleaning, odor elimination, office and or business cleaning, power washing, residential cleaning, you name it, they do it. Check them out to contact them today, LaceyCleaning at gmail.com or call them at 609-709-8536. That's what I'm talking about. Hi, my name is Ariel Teal Toombs, daughter of the legendary Rowdy Roddy Piper and sister of the less legendary Colt Toombs. And you are listening to Crazy Train Radio.